I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to the cast next door where we enjoy biscuits made by the person who gave birth to you. I am your host um, for this week and for the next two weeks, uh, Darren. You also will have heard my name being uttered by various people up to this point as I am also the editor and producer. And um, with me today, I have, coming back from earlier episodes, first of all, from minutes five through eight, uh, I have Matt Teff with me. Hello, Matt. Hello. And joining me, a veteran of the podcasting scene, I feel it is safe to say, um, previously appearing on no fewer than eight separate episodes of A Talking Cast, and up to this point, the host of eight episodes of The Cast Next Door, um... Episodes 13 to 16 to start off with, and episodes 25 to 28 most recently, uh, I have with me Clint Worthington. Hello, Clint. Hello, podcast veteran <laughs> speaking. And uh, what what is the podcast equivalent of, like, shell shock? Do I have um, I, I Would it just be, like, pod shock? Would it just be, it's, it seems, it seems... Yeah, it would be yeah. pod shock. I have, I it have pod shock. It seems that people just put the word pod in front of stuff, don't they, when it comes to podcasting? Yeah, talk it's, about like, anything. it's like space. Yes, they like pod space. do. It's like space bucks space car yeah things like that yeah. Yeah. yeah same thing that's it everyone's getting mm-hmm. paid their po- their pod books for doing this uh so you know your pod mm-hmm. check will be in the pod mail uh later on pod thank you <laughs> so um here we are in minute 39 and yesterday we finished the end of minute 38 and noah had pushed kevin over the edge um, where that edge was, we have no idea. Why Ke- Noah was pushing Kevin in that direction, we have no idea. Things really weren't that clear yesterday. But as it is, Kevin is on the ground, um, red-faced, struggling to breathe. He is allergic to something. And we begin the minute, literally, you know, in media res, as Noah is running to Kevin's locker to find his uh, EpiPen in his little tiny EpiPen bag. Yeah, did you guys have theories in the previous minute as to what it is? Because my current theory is that he's allergic to boxing. Um, I think that has been said maybe once or twice. Um, I I don't think we really kind of nailed down what was going on with Kevin. Just that... um, I think it's a hard sweat. Because we need to talk about Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we do need to talk about Kevin. Because the weird thing is, in the previous minute, like, Kevin's like... At the very beginning of it, Kevin's like, oh, let's, let's stop this boxing nonsense. But Noah pushes him onward, and then Kevin's yeah. kind of like starts kind of getting red faced, and Noah's like, "Oh, I think you should slow down." But Kevin then insists. So there's this kind of weird tug of war between who is pushing who on. Um, but you know that is all by the by at this point because Kevin is basically on the floor, and Noah is saying the word Kev quite a lot in this minute, like literally so many times it's crazy. Um, <laughs> Kev, Kev. Kev, Kev. Kev. And, a long time to stab. It takes him a very long time to like actually stab him with with the epipen. Like, yeah. well, because he keeps asking, "Where do I <laughs> yeah. put this? 
What do I even if do? If I can kind of recap it a little bit. Yeah, Noah runs over to get the EpiPen. He finds the EpiPen in Kevin's locker, which wasn't closed. Constantly whispering to himself, like yeah. the, like Rob Cohen told Ryan Guzman he needs to fill the air yeah, like he's, with dialogue. He's like, so he's where's your pen? Improv where's your whispering, pen? Like, where's your pen? Where's yeah, your pen? And then, like narrating every single moment that he is doing. Uh, and then he's like, what do I do with it? What do I do? Oh my God, when the needle shoots out, this very long needle for this EpiPen. I mean, it is ridiculously long. Um, and of course yeah. he's asking, where do I put this? And my favorite bit of this minute is the ADR voice from off the side, which just yells <laughs> out <in> the leg. <laughs> yeah. uh, from the people who are like keeping keeping a very respectful distance oh, to this like oh, yeah. dying boy. Yeah, they do not want to get <laughs> which I guess near him. You're supposed to kind of do that, I suppose. But man, they are really good at it. Like to the point where, until I heard shoving it in the leg, I thought they were by themselves. <laughs> like yeah, view, viewing this minute in a vacuum. Like because they because the film kind of pretends they're not there. You can kind of see them in the background way in the background in later shots in the minute but otherwise it's like i thought this was just happening between these two people and someone was like shove it in the leg and like oh there are other people here that's fun Uh, and then obviously noah the instant after he stabbed it in the leg he's like is it working and then kevin starts breathing and then noah does the whole uh you're not dying on me today uh yeah. yeah. Okay, bro. And then, like, kind of violently takes him into his arms. I'm like, dude, like, treat him a little more gently. He's, yeah. He's probably still in pretty dire straits. Well, this goes to yeah. I have the theory that Noah like wants to be Kevin's dad, and so oh, yeah, like, yeah, and and so it's just like he loves him so much, and he like he saved his life, and yeah, so he's just hugging him and. As tightly as he can. Well, at the same... Crazy looking. Yeah, at the same time, it's sort of like... I'm still trying to puzzle out his motivations. Because that's that's a big problem with uh, with Noah throughout the movie. Is that you can't really tell whether or not... Like, how much of this is calculated. Mm -hmm. Like, how much of his scheming is like... I need to get with Jennifer Lopez. And I will fuck over anyone in Mm -hmm. in the process. Or if it's like, I genuinely want to be her lover and and like also husband and father and insert myself into this family and like so i don't know how much of like this scene in particular is like oh my god i genuinely care about kevin i don't want him i don't want him to die or if if it's all sort of eventually calculated to like oh i saved your son's life you should love me now right right?" and and like it feels like they left out the scene of him giving him whatever kevin's allergic to because we don't know what kevin's allergic to and yeah that happens out of nowhere so it's like it's like in any other movie i feel like like i guess like they're trying to keep the mystery but in any other movie they would just like have him like give him a peanut like slip a peanut into his lunch or something like that you know it's like <laughs> yeah, not just that slip hard. peanuts into his boxing gloves yeah in his boxing well, gloves put something in his boxing gloves you know yeah i th- i think um i mean just kind of going back a tiny bit over why no one else is getting close to um kevin while he's on the floor i feel like the mm-hmm. story that jlo told earlier in the film to noah about uh kevin's nickname the wiz uh, might be the reason why some people are keeping their distance. <laughs> they don't want to get pee yeah. on their shoes. Yeah, I mean, oh. you know, I don't know when that's like when that incident happened, but I feel like it was when he was a younger child. Sure. But here, you know, he's a he's a mm-hmm. teenager. If he starts yeah. peeing, that is going everywhere, and people yeah. just don't yeah. want to get. Well, you it. you know what I think happened? I think the filmmakers or the writers confused allergies with asthma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I think maybe like, oh, like Noah gets him worked up enough so he starts to have trouble breathing. So, but he also, he doesn't have asthma. He needs like an EpiPen. You can't like stab someone with an inhaler. (laughs) So, and they need that for later in the movie. So they're like, okay, so he's allergic, but he's triggered by the same thing an asthmatic would probably. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, my youngest brother was asthmatic. He had childhood asthma for like a number of years. Sure, Uh, sure. And he would, he would go through inhalers like nobody's business, like, Mm. you know. He would have a prescription that you needed to be filled like sometimes two, three times a week. And obviously there is no drama in someone putting an inhaler up to Kevin's mouth and him just taking a deep breath. Like that's not dramatic in any way. Did they have to get the syringe from Pulp Fiction to be the EpiPen? Because that thing is like, <laughs> that thing's a lance. It's basically the Excalibur yeah. of EpiPens. I feel I like know. EpiPen needles are generally like maybe uh, one to two inches. I don't think, I don't think they're that large. Yeah. Like how far do they need to go? I think they saw the rock and they were like, <laughs> okay, like he needs to like stab him in the heart. Except they were like, oh no, it doesn't matter. Shoot him in the, shove it in the leg. I would have loved for that guy not to have been there and no accidentally stabbed him in the heart because he saw Pulp Fiction once. That is what it seems to be leading up to is that's like when he stares at the needle that seems to be like um, I can't remember who does the stabbing. Oh John Travolta. It seems to be like John Travolta staring at the needle in Pulp Fiction as well. Mm So uh-huh. that may be a quick homage from Rob Cohen. Uh, but again, <laughs> like, uh, you know, earlier it was a seizure that he had when he, you know, miturated everywhere. And here it's an asthma attack that is solved by something that would be done for an allergy. And the appointment earlier was to see an allergist. So, you know, we just don't know. Yeah. Unspecified it's... medical problems is kind of the closest we get yeah. going back to the shoving in the leg guy in the background characters like one of the reasons i was so it was so jarring for me was again like in the early parts of the minute you don't hear them but then after you hear shove it in the leg suddenly i heard a whole chorus of people just generally muttering like for the rest of the scene like suddenly i was like taken out of it because i'm like i want to hear what these other guys are saying but they're just sort of like nonplussed like after the shove it in the leg guy says it, like you could just kind of hear people going, "Oh, this is crazy, <laughs> yeah. man! This is crazy. What a school day! I hope you got." <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, like no one seems super concerned. There is kind of like a uh, a bit of kind of like um, uh, what's it called? Loop group, isn't it? Is the kind of people that do that yeah. kind of stuff? Just <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's everybody peas and carrotsing over yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the kind of the last 10 seconds of this minute are not really anything that important, but we get... A, no, it's just like setting up the next thing. Yeah, you know. we get a shot of the the kind of the outside of the school, which we saw earlier on, and we will see in about nine minutes' time as the bullies are gleaming the cube past there. And mm-hmm. in the <laughs> corner, we see a poster which says Fall Fling. Now, yep. I only bring this up because... Um, you know, um, this uh, this experience will change the way Kevin views life, uh, and he will finally get the courage in a few minutes' time to uh, do something. And that full fling is uh, this film. I will, you know, this is one thing I will give it. They are constantly, um, you know, laying the groundwork for stuff that is to come. So, you know, that full fling poster. Uh, when when full fling gets brought up in a few minutes' time, it doesn't come out of nowhere. They've laid yeah. the groundwork here. That's uh, and I've, it's that's the true, same yeah. level of storytelling of the engine that kills him being in the uh, very first shot of the uh, of the movie. I right? mean, spoiler spoiler Spo- alert! Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert! Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, and obviously <laughs> Matt, what are you doing? And obviously Chekhov's Chekhov's epipen has been used already in this minute. Right? 
And yes. then we get a couple of seconds of the next minute um, where we see Vicky. She has a vase. It has flowers. And we can see the card on top. Um, and that is kind mm-hmm. of all we get of that before our minute ends. Um, but I will say this. What is missing is anybody going to inform Claire that her son has nearly died. Right? Um, yeah. I didn't actually think about we, that. He, that kind now. of happens off screen. Because... Doesn't she just, like, thank him later, sort of, half-heartedly? Yeah. Like, yeah, thanks for saving my son's life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. she does. There's a conversation they have in the gym in a, in a few minutes' time, which will take place in some episodes next week, where, yeah, yeah. They, they, that's where they finally bring it up. And it's it's kind of implied that it's the same day. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's got to be. There's nobody, you know, even, even in the film Robocop, after the guy has been turned to mincemeat in the offices of OCP, somebody at least yells, get a paramedic. Um, <laughs> yeah, why didn't they take him to the fucking hospital? Did they? No, no I forget. No, no. no. Does, does he just go about his day? I, yeah, he's like, oh man, shake it off, kid. Just shake it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. I just, I want, I wanted be... some kind of gruff. Um, um, what are they called? People who do gym class, uh, like some coach, to just walk past after this and just go walk it off, and then just kind of like go off screen. <laughs> I just wanted Taylor Swift to go up to him and say shake it <laughs> off and then they move on. I'm going to pref- I'm going to refer to coaches from now on as those people who do gym class. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty You great. know, I I guess gym teacher would be the proper title, but I I was struggling <laughs> to find that. Um well, I yeah, think you could know, talk about students too. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, anybody um, could have just walked past and either said get a par- like not get a paramedic, but like go and get the nurse or or his no mother, his... who's right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, this... this is the perfect time to get the mother involved. Uh, this is obviously something that I feel, you know, will probably be discussed a lot more in the next minute. But yeah, nobody, his mother is in that building. This is not like she's in an office doing a nine to five job somewhere else. She's actually there. They could yeah. just go get her, but nobody does. Like, this is a serious medical situation. Well, I think it's part of one of the things that the movie does where it wants these scenarios to kind of happen in a vacuum when they really wouldn't like the 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 film treats this like it treats the police where like uh you know it wants to live in a world where the police don't really exist and you can't solve problems with Mm, anything mm -hmm. other than yourself yeah so yeah it's just it's just ryan it's just ryan guzman the EpiPen, kevin and a couple of douchebags in the background who won't help because of the yeah yeah I mean, that's my reasoning, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I also want to say, like, I just was, I, like, going frame by frame for a few minutes there before the uh, show, and it is just such an ugly scene. Like, it's just, like, Rob yeah. Cohen, I mean, it's not, he's not necessarily known for his cinematic uh, qualities, but it's just, like, 30 seconds or so of just, like, a bad shot of Kevin from the ground, and then, like, another shot of Noah and then another shot of Kevin, and then another shot of Noah. And it's just like, come on, man. Do something, anything interesting with this scene. I was thinking the same thing when I was watching it. You don't really get a great idea of where the two characters are in relation to each other, like especially when Noah runs to the locker Mm -hmm. and runs back. Like he might as well have run to another dimension. (laughs) Yeah. And like ran ran to the locker. I mean, obviously, taking it apart minute by minute, we're starting with him already running. But even if you watch the previous minute to see him begin that run, you kind of have no idea where those lockers are. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it's quite clear yeah. that like Noah and Kevin and the heavy bag are on the other side of the the boxing ring, which is in this gigantic gym, 
um, which in itself is just a, is kind of a you know we haven't really discussed it, but it is a really weird setting. Like to have this massive, massive gym with this full size boxing ring in a high school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've so, never. It's a really well funded yeah. high school. <laughs> but well, going back to Rob Cohen's directorial style, though, I'm actually not. I'm actually surprised we didn't get having seen the Fast and the Furious and Stealth, like when he shoves the EpiPen in the leg and like presses down on it. We don't get like a CG shot of the of the epinephrine like flowing <laughs> through his veins, like nos well, through an this engine. This is the low key Rob Cohen film. This is his. Yeah, this is him doing his. This is a more intimate yeah. fare. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we get the start of this scene with Vicky in the vase. Uh, we only get a couple of seconds of it. And obviously, you know, it'd be a lot more discussed in the next minute. But, you know, those flowers, we will find out quite soon, are from Noah. It's just, it's just such a weird... It's such a weird way for him to try and uh, make a... Well, again, like, even with this, like, looking at this scene in the context of everything else, it's so tough to truly, to really, like, discern where this is supposed to fit in in Noah's sort of plan to get Claire, if even yeah. if, it, if even it is part of the plan... Because it works better as a scene where it's not part of the plan and it's like a genuine moment of like, I care about Kevin and I want him to be safe. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. But in the background, you I don't know where you, this fits into his master plan. Yeah, you still kind of have him trying to like behave in a normal manner and kind of make up with, with, with Claire. And I don't, I, I don't know. Again, like, like I say, I have no idea what on earth his end goal is because I have a feeling mm-hmm. his plan went as far as have sex with Claire, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. much. Uh, Love profit. And, uh, and like, the question mark part is basically the next kind of, like, 60 minutes of the film <laughs> after the sex scenes conclude. Um, it's, it's true, but, like, when we look at that context, that, that, that really undercuts, like, the, the whole purpose of the movie, which is, you know, J-Lo supposed to be defend, supposedly defending herself against this, like, guy who is not what he seems, but really he kind of is what he seems. He's just a lovesick hunk with poor impulse control. Yeah, and who killed his parents, or his dad, at least. Who killed his parents because yeah. of, yeah, but, but, like, but the movie wants to have it both ways, where he's, like, a guy with a history and a pattern of violence, and, like, this guy who just doesn't know that no means yeah. no you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. it's it's such a it's such a weird kind of tone that the film attempts to balance and um and it uh, kind of in these in the in the last minute and in this minute the film becomes kind of like a uh, it's no longer a kind of a erotic sorry it's no kind of a erotic thriller it's <laughs> it's kind of like turns into this weird i don't know how to class it kind of like an action film like the camera is shaking a bit Mm-hmm. And like the music is real yeah, intense. Yeah, the music that really, really ramps up. Yeah, and you know, even that kind of line of "Don't you know you're not dying on me today?" That seems like something from like a buddy cop movie rather than yeah, or like an episode of ER. It's so uh, yeah, I guess it, I guess a medical drama would feel more appropriate here for um, if you yeah. had a doctor who had no idea how to use epinephrine. Yeah. Um, well, well, that, and also, why are we getting the scene from Noah's perspective? Like, because it feels like we really like it, it, it confuses me how much the movie dedicates to making us see what's not what's in Noah's head because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but like showing things happening to Noah without J Lo being there. Yeah. and like it's i don't know like at least this scene in particular i don't know what this tells us about noah and so that's what that's what confuses me i think part of it i think part of it is they want it to also be about kevin they want the scene to also be about kevin and it's really not no one cares about kevin and it tells us nothing about kevin either because it contradicts almost everything that we've heard about kevin's condition up until this point yeah. um so, so it doesn't even 
it doesn't even help us there. It just contradicts what was what's going on in everyone's lives. Yeah, I think the most it does is it's one more brick in this sort of foundation that Noah is building to like you know get Kevin on his side. Because maybe maybe it's not spitballing here. Maybe it's not about getting J Lo's gratitude, but Kevin's, so that way he can plant those seeds of yeah. doubt. He can Iago the shit out of Kevin uh, about his dad. So it's like, yeah, so like what you were saying earlier, like, yeah, he wants to be Kevin's new dad, or at least his big bro. And yeah, his like, big bro who sleeps with yeah. his mom. Yeah, you know, like families <laughs> do. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, maybe like in that weird long con, long con kind of way, like maybe, like maybe it's just like a thing that happened that Noah decided to take advantage yeah. of. And I think that's the, that's the most sensible explanation I have for the, this minute. Okay. Well, I was just saying, well, and, and like that actually makes a lot of sense. Cause then he, you, you would think that if this was actually part of his plan, he would know how to fix Kevin's like attack without like all this questioning and like not knowing where to stick it and like not knowing where it is. And not like he would know what to do if this was part of his plan. Right. And he had those same questions running through his head during his uh, lo- night of lovemaking with JLo. Where do I put this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where does this go? Show it in the leg. Yeah. What? That doesn't work. <laughs> I think as well. Um, is it working? <laughs> but I would like to think that shove it in the leg guy. You know, the next day he's just walking around, um, you know, the school just being like, yeah, I'm the one who saved him. I told him where to shove it. Um, <laughs> <He is> the- <laughs> and Told that guy where to shove it. Yeah, yeah. And then later on when he hears about what happens to Noah and everything, he's like, oh, well, no, I don't know what that guy was all about. No, I don't know. I wasn't anything to do with that. <laughs> like he immediately. Yeah, I wasn't in the room. I don't even I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he like immediately disowns it because, you know, because Noah goes a bit crazy. Spoiler alert. Um, I mean, to be fair, yeah, having a psychopath uh, fellow student is is real social yeah. suicide. Actually, watching this minute again, though, like especially like when he's really Lenoa's really focused on stabbing the pen in, like man, he's got some crazy eyes, like just there. Oh, like, yeah. It's just like it's some in- there's some intensity. He's he he's really entertaining to watch. It's kind of a shame that he's in such a crappy movie because like he's got yeah, a, I, a, I, a, like a lot of good stuff in his performance. It's just yeah. I mean, I don't... It's just, uh, yeah, what can you do with this? I don't think anyone <laughs> has said that Noah... Go- uh, Noah, that Ryan Guzman is a, is like a bad actor. I think everyone appreciates that he he seems to understand how crazy this film is and he's yeah. the only one playing in that kind of pool, whereas everyone else is kind of trying to play it a bit too seriously. I think he knows that this is uh, craziness. Like, his reaction when that needle comes out, you know, that is... Yeah. That's some gold, that is. I mean, he's like... He, he's playing it like even when he's he's like when it comes out and he's like oh my god like he, everything he's doing it, it's kind of you know it's next level crazy yeah. whereas you know Kevin's just lying on the floor heavily breathing yeah Ryan Guzman kind of has that newbie enthusiasm where it kind of feels like this is his first real big gig and he really wants to like throw himself right. into it no matter how ridiculous it is so like you know worst worst case scenario it's fun to watch this isn't yeah. his first big gig though because he's been in two step up films so you know. Um, oh boy he's a veteran boy. he's a veteran well, of this is a whole new league <laughs> he's a veteran of the scene um yeah and of co- star of stage and, and of course he's currently on um heroes reborn um, oh oh is that right yeah thursdays at nine on nbc so are they are they paying oh, you for that i i hope they are <laughs> no they're not 
They're not. Um, they should. So thank you very much, uh, Clint and Matt, for joining me here to take apart Minute 39. Uh, do you have anything to plug? I'm going to say Matt first. Uh, stick it in the leg. No, I've got nothing. Um, okay. Uh, Clint, do you have anything you have to plug? Uh, sure. I, as always, because I'm a terrible shill, uh, I am the host, I'm the co-host of Alka Hollywood, which is a drinking games slash uh, film review podcast. We recently, we recently had uh, our very own Shannon Camp on for our most recent episode as of this recording, at least, uh, for Big Fat Liar. So if you want to hear uh, two more uh, cast next door titans in the same room together talking about Paul Giamatti turning blue, uh, check that out. It's at alcohollywood.com, A-L-C-O, Hollywood. Or you can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Great stuff. And do either of you have Twitter handles that you wish people to know about? Uh, I am at Matt Teff. Great stuff. I am at Alcohollywood. Wonderful. Thank you very much for everyone out there for listening to this episode. Uh, I return tomorrow and then once again for the next two weeks uh, hosting eight more episodes. Um, so, you know, hope that you will join me for those. Uh, and otherwise, uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, editor, producer, Darren, with my guests, Clint Worthington and Matt Teff. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Artwork by Josh Hollis. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorkian, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?